Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Unleashed with me, yours truly, Dave McMahon, or Dave the Dogman, better known as Dave the Dogman. Beautiful day we have in downtown Niagara Falls. The weather is awesome, and it's supposed to carry on right until the weekend, which is great. That way, when I go to my seasonal trailer, the weather will be great. It's always fun at the trailer on the weekends. Gets me away from uh, work. Uh, for all you meat-loving savages and all you barbecue, barbecue crazy people that love to grill your meat, we're talking meat. Meat 101. You're going to get educated on the various cuts of beef. We're going to talk poultry. We're going to talk all kinds of things. We're going to talk about chicken. We may even talk about lamb. You never know. Now, I, I didn't really have a lot of time to prepare this interview. I've been, I've been busier than a hooker at a frat party. Seriously. I, 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 I taught classes last night. I walked my Labrador Retriever puppy, Betty. Betty's doing good. She's four months old now. Uh, I just woke up. I did a whack of emails, took a shower so I wouldn't stink when I came in here. So I, I threw together this interview. Uh, so, so don't be too harsh. Don't judge me. Okay. The, the, the man I'm interviewing is, is what this interview is all about. With us in the studio right now is Robbie Eggerwall. And uh, it was uh, a good friend of mine and a past guest of the show, um, Frank Ongaro who encouraged that Robbie would be a great contributor to the Unleashed podcast series that I do here on 4680Q. So uh, so Robbie is with us. Uh, he is the proprietor of Norsini and Company Butchery and Deli, located right here in Niagara Falls. I have shopped at his butcher shop on numerous occasions. I've bought the uh, ribeye steaks. I bought some aged uh, steaks from him, and uh, I bought some lamb on the skewers. Uh, Spadini, if I said it wrong, Robbie will tell me. Um, and then, of course, the Aldo pizza sauce, which is fucking killer if you've never tried that. Robbie, welcome to Unleashed. How are you, buddy? Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's good to be able to uh, talk about the business, talk to the people, uh, and just talk meat. Yes, we could talk meat. And uh, that's what we want you uh, to talk about today and educate us. There's so many different cuts of meat. I also want you to talk about the aging process of beef. I mean, I'm a foodie as far as I like to eat. I like to barbecue. Um, but I'm not an expert. I think you have a lot more insight to the whole beef situation than I do. <laughs> Robbie, uh, whatever uh, whatever possessed you to decide uh, you want to open a butcher shop in the city of, of Niagara Falls? How, how did that come about? Um, well, I was I was in the industry. Uh, I was a cook for many years uh, in a couple of restaurants. I did some traveling. I uh, did some competing uh, internationally uh, on a uh, Canadian culinary team. Uh, but my real passion was was business and it was cooking. But I really loved cured meats, and that's actually how I got started. So I started my first company, Benomino Meats, uh, before this. And uh, I started out making super sots in my in my grandmother's basement, wow. selling them to friends and family. Um, and then that went really well. I got a couple fridges and was still just doing it to friends and family. And I thought, you know what, I need to take this to the next level. Uh, so we started making them uh, legally off-site in a uh, regulated facility. And uh, we were wholesaling because obviously there was no retail. Uh, so we were doing that. It was great. Uh, a couple of small local businesses in the area that we were selling to. And then, you know what, we was like, you know, we, we want to get this out to the people directly. I was like, well... What kind of shop, what kind of retail shop do I need to create to sell my super saw and cacciatore and Italian cured meats? 
So I thought, well, it's got to be another meat shop. It's got to be a deli, a butcher shop, a craft local kind of thing like that that specializes in those very niche small products. And what you have at your butchery is very niche and very special. And my goal is to eventually purchase and try every single item that you have in your butchery. Yeah, so we've been in business now, Norcini, uh, for two years. It was, we did a two-year uh, two mark about uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Congratulations. It's, it's been, you know, it feels like yesterday, but it also feels like an eternity at the same time. Now, you yourself, you're not a butcher. Uh, not, not formally. I don't do much cutting. I'd never have, I, I enjoy the process a little bit, but I'm not a full butcher. I, I never have been. Um, so I, I don't do the meat cutting. You're a cook. You're I'm a cook. A, I do the culinary side. I do the, now I do more business and we have a couple side contracts where we, uh, run different kitchens in the area as well, which we can talk about. But, um, yeah, I, I, I personally don't do much of the butchering. Yeah, but that's okay because uh, you your skills lie in other areas that are so well needed. Correct. So I just want to let the listeners know that if you're just joining us now, Robbie Eggerwall is here, and the pronunciation of his butcher shop is Norcini. Correct. All right, because originally Correct. I had said Norcini. Uh, Norcini. Some people do say that, and that's just like Toma uh, tomato, yeah, tomato, yeah. tomato, yeah. tomato. You know, the like story of the Norcini is pretty cool. Actually, I read this story maybe five to seven years ago and this butcher shop in a sense whether i knew it was going to be a butcher shop or something i knew something was going to happen so i read the story about the norcini many many years ago and basically it was a term they used to describe a freelance butcher in old town days old town europe someone who would go town to town knocking on doors say hello i'm here to butcher your pig let me make sausage for you please hire me they would say the norcini is coming the norcini is on their way to, to butcher fuck so i said you know what that's gonna be an awesome name i'm gonna bank that and five, seven years later, that's that's what we opened up. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Never knew that the Norcini that, is coming. That's the what Norcini is coming. Yeah, that is insane. That is crazy. Yeah, I so bet you a lot a, of people. That's the name. So just, we we have a little board in the yard. It's a it's a pretty large board at, at the shop that explains the whole story in there. You'll see it next time you're in. Yeah, and so so you took an old term. Yeah. And 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 brought it to yeah. life again. Yeah. Because the Norcini, Norcini means butcher. Yes. Norcini is will be the noun for for the term butcher. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Robbie, how does your? I'm going to ask you something that's obvious to me, but for some of the listeners that are hearing the live show right now or listening to the podcast later on through uh, 4680q.ca or 4680q.com, um, some of them may not know uh, or may not have heard of your your butchery and deli, but. Uh, it is very niche. It is very special. You have outstanding products. You have a huge following. Um, how do you? How are you different? Let's say than some of the other places that people can go to, to to get their hundred percent. So we're we're a very specific kind of butcher, and we're really the only one in Niagara Falls, um, and we're mainly the only one really in the Niagara region. There, there's another guy in Fort Erie who does something uh, somewhat similar. But what separates separates us the most um, is that we're a whole animal sustainable butcher shop. So your average butcher shop, they pretty much are just getting in grocery store meat that's just cut a bit fresher. So what we do is we bring in full animals. We have animal partners, uh, local, they're all within two hours, Guelph, Ancaster. Um, the full animal comes in. We order this stuff a week in advance. The we whole get, cow comes yeah, in. The whole cow The whole in. freaking cow comes in. Yeah. <clears throat> the whole cow, the whole pig, the whole chicken, the whole lamb. We get sides of venison. Yeah. The whole thing comes in. We do all the full animal butchery in-house, which is why people come to us as well as we can do specialty cuts. Any custom cut you want, we can do because we have the whole animal in and we can do it. 
That's insane. That's yeah. crazy. So with these animals, they're also specifically raised very, very particularly where they're a small family farm raised. So we're not working with big, huge people that are that are selling, you know, 100,000 cows a month. These are small guys raising their animals on small farms in the fields without any antibiotics, without any hormones. They're pasture raised. All of your beef. Not only Most the beef, of it. all the beef, poultry, all the animals. All That's the animals. our minimum standard is antibiotic free. Hormone free and pasture raised. We don't touch anything that's not that. So that's our very minimum. Healthy, healthy, fresh. You know what? Clean meat and clean, clean. different, proper, naturally raised. Not this big, mass-produced stuff. Now that you have these huge corporations just pumping out, pumping out animals. The, the animals are sick. Stuff you're eating at the grocery store. The animals are sick. Yeah. Local farms, some local farms you're dealing with? I mean, there's not too much, in terms of Niagara, there's not too many animal no. farms here, right? We, we grow grapes and we grow fruit. Yeah. So, as local as you can get, within, within two within hours. The, within the province yeah. of Ontario. Sebringville, Guelph, Ancaster is probably the closest one, but they're all within two hours. Talk to us about the the cuts of beef. And before you go into that, um, as I mentioned before off air with you, I tend to be, you know, habitual in a lot of ways. And when I go and get my steaks, it's bone in ribeye or I'm getting tenderloin and we can make up, make some filet mignons. So I just tend to go there. The times that I have decided to go off color outside the lines for me and buy um, New York strips, I haven't found them to be that tender. Now, mind you, I've never purchased New York strips from you at your place. I, I've had uh, the tenderloin, which I love from you, and I've had uh, the bone-in ribeye, uh, which I loved as well. But talk to us about the specific uh, cuts of meat. Uh, give us some insight yeah. into so this. So a lot, a lot of different cuts off the cow, and that's when, you know, what separates us is you come into the shop, you're going to see many cuts that you'll never see in a grocery store. You'll never see that before. A flank, a babette, a hanger, a mock tenon. Like these are things that you'll never see at a grocery stop, grocery store. And they're just cuts that are very common in the whole animal butchery world. Um, I think there's no wrong steak. It depends what you want. It depends what you're looking for. It depends how you're going to cook it, how you're going to cut it, how you're going to serve it, who you're feeding, what you're looking for. There's very different cuts, um, but there's no wrong steak. It's how you're going to prepare it and what you want. And you've got good marbling in your steaks too. Yeah, we, we only bring in AAA. Like we're not bringing things that are under. Um, we're, we're a premium shop where you know you're gonna pay for quality, and it's gonna be there. You're, you're, you're gonna know the difference, but you have to appreciate that. Like we're not for everybody. Someone comes in. I remember when we first kind of started, we'd have people come in and say, you know, like why why should we shop with you? Like why why are you better? Right. Or, or why should we give you our business? Versus going to a larger grocery yeah. store that has a butchery, right? And off the bat, it's like if you don't know the value already, like if you're not if you don't understand quality and food and prices, there's nothing I'm going to say to change your mind. Right. You have to understand what you're buying. You have to know what you're buying. You have to appreciate the quality. You are going to pay more, and that's we're not for everybody. We're, we're, our stuff is more expensive, and you know honestly, with beef prices now, we're actually very competitive. But you are going to pay more for us. And if you're someone who doesn't, if you're someone who kind of eats out a lot, you're someone who goes to fast food, someone who doesn't cook themselves a lot, you're probably not going to appreciate it. We're probably not for you. We can re we can recommend you, you know, to somebody else. But if you're looking for something super, super marble, dry aged, maybe it's grass fed. You want something custom cut. You want something fresh. You want something cut that morning and dry in house with a butcher that's doing it themselves. You're going to come to us, especially for the custom cutting. Now you've you, you've got people coming into you saying, "I want a porterhouse." Yeah. Is that what they say? Yeah, sure. I want a porterhouse. 
<laughs> do, do they know what a porterhouse is? I want you to educate. Yeah. So here's I'm going to go first, and then you're going because what you say matters. This is all about you, Robbie. But uh, as far as I know, uh, the porterhouse has the the, the fillet part. Correct. And it's got the strip part. Yeah. Okay, but take it from there because you know more. Yeah. So this. so in that so that's called the loin. So you have a loin in that animal. It has a strip loin on one side, the tenderloin on the other side, and then attached to that piece is the sirloin. So that piece right there is called it's called the the long loin. If it's without the sirloin, it's called the short loin. So that loin there is the way the tenderloin works is it starts very wide, very big, and it slowly tapers down into nothing. So when you take the short loin, which is the strip loin and the tenderloin, you cut the first couple of steaks where the tenderloin is the biggest. Those are called a porterhouse. There's no exact spec on the tenderloin size, but if it's at least usually two inches in depth or uh, like long, wide, um, those will be called porterhouse steaks. And as you continue to cut, that tenderloin is gonna get smaller. So after the first couple cuts of tenderloin being over two inches, that's porterhouse. When you get under two inches, that's T-bone. And as you go down, they're pretty much just gonna dwindle into nothing until you almost have no tenderloin, which could be called a wing steak, which would pretty much be a bone and strip loin. Okay. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, you know, we're doing animal shares and somebody wants T-bones or porterhouses, but then they also want fillets on the side. Well, you kind of can't have both. You got to have one or the other. So are you selling a lot of porterhouses? Yeah. Yeah, we sell People lots. love yeah. it, right? Yeah. People love it. I mean, you, you only get a few off the loin. So we technically we sell more T-bones, but yeah, we, we definitely make those cuts and we definitely sell out. I've seen some chefs and I've seen things on TV where they'll take the porterhouse and then they'll, you know, slice it on the diagonal and then kind of put it all back together, put it on a platter. Because yeah. if you go and buy a couple of porterhouses from, from Robbie's Butchery, I mean, if they're good size, you can share that amongst four people. if You For get sure. a, you know, because you've For got sure. your salad and yeah. maybe your baked potato or whatever else. You don't need a pound else. of meat. You don't need a pound of meat. When we, you have good quality meat, you savor it, you enjoy it. You don't, you don't need a lot, to be honest. We, I've had customers been now coming with us us for a year or two years and, and they said we, we've changed our life they eat so different now they understand things that they've never seen before they appreciate the quality and they eat less because you don't need to stuff your face with a pound and a half of meat when you have good quality stuff you savor it you enjoy it you're good with you know eight, eight, eight ounces even six ounces you're okay you have a nice side of, of something else some veg some grilled stuff some yeah. salad and just slice it up and put it on a platter yeah cook it properly slice it don't don't put some montreal steak bite don't put barbecue sauce don't don't marinate it anything salt and pepper when you have good quality beef yes you want to taste the beef so why why are you slobbering barbecue sauce on it yes There's no need to you're masking the beef i understand you're buying beef from somewhere else you're buying beef that doesn't taste like beef yeah i understand you want to add flavor to it because it has no flavor you buy beef from us you're getting beef flavor. You want to taste that. You want to appreciate. It. That's what you're paying for. I know guys uh, that smoke brisket, you know, and and they just use uh, salt and pepper, you know, and and it's old school and it and it complements the the beef. I hear what you're saying. When you have good quality beef, you want to taste the beef, salt and pepper. And a true beef lover and and beef that is good quality, why not celebrate it for for that rather than Correct. like you said masking it with a bunch of shit you don't need to I, I understand you're buying something that's tough you're buying something that has no flavor you buy something from the grocery store that's supposed to be beef but it's pale and it doesn't look very good yeah you need to add some flavor to that I, you know that's why people are, are loading it with sauce and they eat it with ketchup whatever they're going to do with us you're tasting the beef you're tasting the dry and the dry is something big that we do that's our bread and butter that's what we're known for so what the dry aging is is we purposely bring in animals we bring in parts we hang it in our fridge 
And what's happening is as the meat is sitting and aging in a very specific temperature and humidity level. Can you give us an idea of what that temperature might be or humidity level off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, you remember? you're looking at fridge temp. Maybe even slightly colder to keep it well. Humidity, you don't want it too high. I mean, any fridge temp humidity, you know, you're not looking for anything high. When you're curing meat, it's a different story. Yes. You want it a little bit higher. And I want to talk about that later in yeah. the show for sure. Yeah. So, sorry. So, aging the meat. So, you're aging the meat, and what that's doing is as it's sitting, it's losing moisture just as of natural evaporation. Right. right? So, it's losing moisture. Therefore, it has stronger flavor because it has, it has less water. It's, 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 okay, it's, so the it's, flavors are going to be more pronounced. Right, because it's, 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 it's diluting. It's not diluting. Like, you're losing water. The flavors are more concentrated because there's less water. So as, that ha- as that's happening, there's microbes in the meat and natural bacteria that's also starting to break down the proteins beneficially. So what you're left with is a more tender product because the meats are already being broken down. And you're left with a more refined product that is beefier and more concentrated because of the loss of moisture. The ignorant, and I certainly, I'm not ignorant, okay? Well, maybe about some things. But the ignorant might think, well, aging, you're just letting it rot. No. It's, I mean, if you were... And I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking that Well, you know, it's a misconception. Because I had to educate myself before I started. I didn't really know what dry age was. I didn't didn't understand filet and butchery. I I understood, yeah, if I bought meat from a grocery store or the butcher and it was wrapped in styrofoam and saran wrap, it's going to be gone bad in three days. But why, if you leave it uncovered... If that's dry aging and somehow that's better right you have to understand that we've been doing this for two years and we have a very different process now than we did two years ago you're learning and you're getting of better course. as time goes we've, we've tweaked our system weekly every day every every week we're tweaking something we're getting better we have a very different system now than we did two years ago we were just learning we we're just a couple of guys that opened up shop and said hey let's let's try it out and look at how successful you've become and how many followers and clients you have <clears throat> it's amazing uh, because you have an outstanding reputation and uh, i just need to get my butt in there uh, more often so i've been to your butchery i would say a total of six times um and uh, had great experiences always but just to stay with the the aging uh how many days minimum would you age and how many days maximum have you aged at your butcher shop minimum 21 days I, we find for us and our fridge and our customers and what we like to do the sweet spot is 21 to 30 days so that's our most okay. common 21 to 30 days and and i'm assuming that 30 days aging dry aging is going to give you a more tender meat or just a different flavor or a bit of both both okay it's going to be very tender but it's also going to be very different beef flavor very beefy very sometimes umami sometimes when you go longer it can be a little bit cheesy or funky Um, some people like that some people don't but the 21 to 30 that's that's a sweet spot of you're just getting intense beef flavor you're not getting cheesy parmigiani funky flavor yet yeah. Um, we've done we've done some couple sixty day custom whole, whole dry ages for people. Usually, typically in the shop, we won't go more than forty five for our own case, but we'll do custom things. So very common, we've done sixty day. We did eighty days on some sirloins. You did? And oh, had, I would love yeah. to have tasted yeah. eighty day uh, dry age sirloin. Yeah. So that was not too long ago, maybe a month ago. We put it out in the case to so all the cuts, the tri tip, the pecania the medallions we put it out i think in two days maybe a day and a half it was sold out we blasted it said 80 day dry age uh people wanted to come they wanted to try it that's insane 80 days is a long time and again this is unwrapped meat this is dry aging allowing the full air to correct to you know be around the meat so what's going to happen is if that meat let's say is is saran wrapped right its own humidity is going to cause it to rot 
but when you leave it uncovered, and there's certain things with dry aging as you want to do, is you want to keep it as whole as possible. You want to keep as much bone as possible, and that just benefits the dry age. Um, but with the dry age, all that outer layer, it's all, it's all kind of waste in a sense. You have to cut that off. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you about. So you're skimming yeah, off the you have to. as as the days go by. No, not, no, no, no. Uh, at so the end, at when the it's end, finished, when it's okay, finished, okay. you're going to cut all that outside Sorry. layer off. So you know, and that increases the price because one, you've lost twenty to thirty percent of its weight. So automatically, you're the price is going to go up thirty percent, and now you've taken off a whole layer of the outside. That's pounds or tens of pounds, depends on you know the size of and it. And that really can't be used for anything, right? Like that's just like... No, I mean, there's people that kind of fold it into things. Um, depending on the age and the mold, like if it's molded, you can't do it. No. S sometimes you can make some stocks with it, um, but for the most part, sometimes you can't do much with it. That's amazing. And that's our bread and butter. That's why we come, that's why we sell out. That, that's, why, that's why people come to us. I, I wanted to get some aged steak the one time that I was in there, and... Uh, he said that it, it won't be available until, you know, within a couple of days. So he said we had just sold out. you got to wait yeah. a couple of days. Yeah, we try not to sell. We try to have a good rotation in the summer. We have to do some aging off-site. Um, at any time, we have, you know, 14 to 30 things aging at, at, at a time. But sometimes we run out and, our, and, and we're demand is high and we don't have the space to accommodate it. Um, so right now we actually sold out. Yeah. We, we have we've been pretty good. We haven't sold out in a long time in terms of, in terms of the aging. But um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes a difficult process to do because you're holding a lot of product. It takes space and it takes a lot of money to hold hold that. That's right. What is the square footage of uh, your butchery the, the whole, approximately? Yeah, the whole building is about 1,500 square feet. The, yeah. re, the retail being 500, and so a thousand square feet in the back for all of our production, all of our fridge, our freezer. Um, our, our machines, our, our dishwashing, it's, it's not a lot of space. We're, we're very tight. But you've made great, uh, you know, great progress with the space. Yeah, we manage. And it doesn't feel tight when you're in there from a customer's perspective. Yeah. Well, our retail is about a third. Yeah, I mean, we, we space things out. We, we do what we can. Um, we keep quality at the highest, right? We don't, we don't sacrifice that. And we do what we, we we're okay selling out. Every week, our animals, we, we bring in enough to keep it fresh. We bring in enough to sell out. And we're okay saying, hey, we, we've sold out. You've got predictable clients. You know they're coming in on this day and they typically buy this and this and this. Yeah. You've got that consistent clientele. If I'm selling something that's old or I don't want to eat myself or I've, I'm not vouching for it, that's like we, we, we've lost. That's not the goal. The goal is let's bring in, let's serve the highest quality meat possible um, to, to the highest clientele or people that appreciate it. And... You know, we're gonna bring the full animals. We're we're gonna produce. We're gonna cut. We're gonna sell, and we're gonna sell out. And then the following week, we're gonna repeat the process. Yeah. Although yeah. we're still open seven days, we still have product. Yeah. There's times the case is low because hey, we're we're out. You, I didn't you know, realize I was gonna ask you. You're open seven days a week. Wow. Seven days. Most days are open until 8 p.m. We're open pretty late. Nine, nine to eight on most days, and then uh, nine to six Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. 3567 Portage Road. Yeah. Niagara Falls, 3567 Portage Road, Norcini and Company, Butchery and Deli. So actually, the, the building is an older building. It used to be a KFC. It was built back whenever it was built, probably in the 60s, 70s. Uh, it was built for a KFC, and the KFC ran there for 30, 40 years. And uh, then they moved, and that building was vacant for a while. 
But uh, did it still smell like KFC no, when you got there? No, no. But they did leave a couple things behind for us. That was good. <laughs> did they? <laughs> but um, yeah. that's the funny thing about the building is you know the building's solid. It was it was an old KFC building and and now now it's a butcher shop. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so so let's talk about the most popular cut of uh, meat that you would sell as far as the beef would go. Uh, what would you say is the most popular? People getting yeah. strips? No, I mean the most popular are bread and butter is the dry aged ribeye. Twenty one days, oh. thirty days, dry aged ribeye. Boneless to bread and butter. Of course it is. Yeah. And most uh, popular item. I've got to get my ass in there this week to get some steaks for the weekend. Is it possible that I could get some aged ribeye yeah. if I got yeah. my ass in there uh, tomorrow? Yeah, um, I would say Thursday. We're hitting that 21 day mark shortly. Uh, in a couple Maybe days, we'll have Friday. it for the weekend. Yeah. You'll have it for Friday. the weekend? We'll have it for the weekend. Sweet. But I mean, yeah, the ribeye is great. If you're looking for the ribeye, so you were mentioning before that you you go towards the ribeye, go to the tenderloin. Yes, I know, and and yet they're so different. But my wife different, enjoys yeah. the tenderloin. Yeah, you know she likes that, and and it's less fat, and and she believes it to be healthier, which yeah. I'm sure there's, there's some less fat. Sure. truth to it, whatever. But for flavor, I would say that most steak lovers enjoy the ribeye. The biggest flavor, the boldest flavor, you're going to get the juiciest. Maybe most tender is going to be that dry aged ribeye or the ribeye. Now. Because we do whole animals, we have all the cuts. So we have what we call the secondary cuts or your butcher's cuts. And these are cuts that are not as common to the average person. Originally, these were cuts that were maybe taken home by the butcher to feed his family because nobody bought them. And those are things like the skirt steak, the flank steak, the babette, the hanger steak, even, even parts of the sirloin, like the picanha or the culotte, sometimes called, or the tri-tip. These are all secondary cuts and they're phenomenal cuts. People maybe are intimidated. They think it's gonna be tough. But also, they kind of don't know how to cook sometimes. I got to ask you, how the hell do you cook a skirt steak? So a skirt steak, you has a pretty uh, large grain. So you'd very see, you'll see the grain right off the okay. bat. It's thinner. Uh, the Fa fast fry? You know what? Hot, quick, let it rest, cut against the grain. Very simple, very quick. So I can put it on a barbecue grill or better on a cast iron yeah, pan or, or flat roll? Either, either or. or. Uh, um, heavy duty pan like a cast iron or really hot on the barbecue. Very quick. Minute, two minutes aside, three minutes at most depending on how thick it is. Um, and that's it. Let it rest. Very important. Slice it across the grain and it'll be a very tender steak. I've been a bit of a chicken shit. I've seen it. And I've said to myself, I should get a skirt steak, you know, go to YouTube University, you know, figure out yeah. how to cook this bitch, right? But I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a skirt steak and I'm going to fa fast cook it. We sell tons of secondaries. People come to us because they know they can I love get that term, steaks. secondaries. I love it. You know what? They're, to me, they're primaries. To me, that, that's what I go for. All, I mean, dry, the dry ribeye is great and I'll have one here and there, but you know, I, I love the skirt steak. I love the hanger steak. This podcast is primary, too. It's a, pri it's a primary podcast. Especially with you on here, educating us all about beef. All right, so uh, I know a guy, I'm not going to drop any names, but he would take a steak, and he would beat the shit out of it with a, with a meat tenderizer, mallet, hammer, yeah. whatever the hell you call it. And uh, then he would put uh, the, the, this white uh, uh, um, powder on it, which was a meat tenderizer. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what kind of steak I'm referring to? 
No. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Just refer. I, I, I think the misconception is. And he, he said, oh, this will be great. I'll cook it in the oven. He said, and oh I said, God. okay. So he gave me know. a taste of it, yeah. right? I'm going to tell you, uh, it was tender. Yeah. I'll give him that. Like, it was tender. I don't know what the hell I'm putting inside of me with this meat tenderizer. Like, probably not good for me. Uh, it was a blade steak. That's, okay. It I just came into my blade. head. That's kind of you know, an old-fashioned tough as They're tough yeah. as fuck, generally, right? Typically, but if, you would braise it, yeah, or smoke it or something. Yeah. So that's what he would do. He would pound the shit out of it. Yeah. He says, I can take a cheap cut of meat, yeah. and I can make it so tender yeah. your head will fall off. I, I, I've cooked <laughs> blade steaks or even leg steaks, which are legs the most kind of toughest cut. I've cooked those steaks. You cook it right, I, I, they're tender to me. So you I, could make a tender blade steak. If cooked properly, oh, I would say even blade steak is very easy to cook properly, make it tender. You're talking about a leg cut. Okay. An eye of round, that, that's a tough cut. I can cook you an eye of round, and you're like, wow, like, this is a ribeye. You're like, this, this is tender. And then I could cook it, and it would taste like shit. Yeah. Because you have the, the inside scoop your, on this shit. Your average person does <laughs> not understand meat, and they actually don't really understand how to properly cook meat. And that being said, I'm sure there's chefs and cooks out there that may not have the insight to meat that you have, or, you know, just because they're a chef, I mean, do they know everything about meat? Some do, some don't, yeah, yeah. depending on their own quest for, for knowledge, right? I think the butchery aspect, in my aspect, is a bit different because I see the butchery, we do the butchery. But I think, you know, there, there's a lot of principles and cooking methods that you have to follow with meat. I can give you the best steak. I can sell you a steak. The steak will cost you 300 bucks. I can sell it to you. And, you know, you don't cook it properly? Yeah, it's going to be tough. You boil it. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You come back to my shops, hey... That was, that was a terrible ribeye you sold me. Well, what what'd you do to it? It hasn't been often, and I'll use this example, and I want to kind of say this example, is uh, maybe two or three times since our two-year period we've been open, we've had a couple guys come back the next day or a couple days later and said, hey, like, that was like a terrible steak. And I got to think, well, you know, how, how'd you cook it? And you can say, oh, well, did you rest it? Did you, did you let it temper out? Did you cook it high? Did you cook it properly? Did you get a sear? Did you slice it across the grain? And they could say, yeah, 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 I did that. But maybe but they did But they can't prove it, right? <clears throat> no, so my, so my theory on that is, and, and I'll use just a grocery, I'll use, um, I'll, I'll use just Food Basics, the grocery store's example. I'll use Primo brand pasta as an example. You go to Food Basics, you buy the Primo brand pasta. You go home, you cook the Primo pasta for 45 minutes. You eat it, you say, wow, this is mushy. This is the worst pasta. You go back to Food Basics, you say, Food Basics, you got terrible pasta. Food Basics sells terrible pasta. Well, one, it's not Food Basics. It's Primo. It's a Primo brand. Two, you didn't cook it properly. You butchered it. You, you, how, how can you expect a tender steak when, when you've boiled it for 30 minutes? Or, or al dente yeah. pasta when you boiled it for 45 minutes. So that's us. So one, we stand by our meat. So I'm not saying, oh, you know, we didn't raise our cow. We stand by it. We know the farmers. I'm looking at the cows a week in advance. They sent me pictures of the carcass hanging. I said, yeah, give me that one. So we stand by our meat. But the point is, is if you don't take care of your meat, you don't cook the meat properly, of course it's going to be tender. What do you want me to do? I can, I can only guarantee my meat. I can't guarantee you how you're going to cook it. Some of these manju cakes don't know what the hell they're talking they about. Don't, I mean, again, it hasn't happened often. I think our clientele, the guys that come in, you know, they pay top quality for a really good steak. They, they understand the cooking. They, they understand what to do because they're coming in. They're coming in daily. I got, I got a guy... Really great customer comes in twice a day sometimes. I mean, you got to start with great product. You want a great steak, great meal, you start with a great product. But there has to be a great method, you know. And, and not everyone knows the methods of how to cook and Correct. barbecue. I mean, you have to rest a steak. you got you got to slice it again. I mean, not so you have to slice it. I've learned. Grain, I've learned you, that. you should. 
and that will always just create a better tasting product. Our stuff is marbled. You can't beat the marbling. Speaking of resting the steak, do you ever tent it with a little bit of foil? So, sometimes. Depending you, on what? Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. I, I usually don't. Um, maybe usually my steaks aren't that thick. Um, but I think it's important to rest. Like sometimes I rest 10 minutes and I can really, and you know, you're going to eat the steak and it's not going to be hot at that point. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Hot. Yeah. Cause I've rested it for 10 minutes and then people are like, the fucking steak is cold. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, shut yeah. up. Yeah. Don't complain. I right. made it for you. Well, you know, I'll give you a great <laughs> example with that. And that's Turkey and that's Turkey. So you cook a whole Turkey as is. I was wondering when we yeah. were going to start yeah. talking about birds. Yeah. You cook a whole Turkey as is. It's going to be dry. It's going to be overcooked. It's going to have no flavor. You can't cook a turkey like that. You have to, first of all, you have to brine your turkey. That's very common. A lot, a lot of people do. Some people don't, though, because they kind of don't know what it is. They're scared because it's not the way their mother did it and their mother did it. So they, they don't know. They don't want to break tradition or they don't think yeah, outside they, the box. They don't understand it. They, they don't know. They don't care. Yeah. So, and then even if you brine, you cook the whole bird as is. Your breast of the bird will dry out before your, your legs are done. You put stuffing in there. You have to get that inside hot to kill your bacteria. Meanwhile, your breasts above it are going to be dry. Here's how I do my turkey, and that's where um, the theory comes behind it is. I take a, I don't cook it together. I debone it, I brine the breast, I leave the bone on the breast, and I brine the breast as, as is. From there, I'll cook, I'll sear the fat, I'll cook it, I'll cook the way I want it. You have to rest. The proper way, typically really with protein, is you're going to serve not hot protein. The protein may be slightly warm or even upwards to like above, above cold. It won't be cold, but it won't, yeah. it won't be hot. Yeah. But then you should serve it maybe with a hot sauce. So what the turkey standpoint is, I'm going to cook my breast. I'm going to rest it. It's going to be moist. It's going to be juicy. I'm going to carve it. By the time it's done resting an hour, I carve it. It's not going to be hot, but I'm going to serve it with hot gravy. Hot gravy. You're going to rest it for an hour. Yeah. How many people do that? I None. bet you a lot of them don't do that. Majority Most people, people don't. are going to cook their bland bird for four four to ten hours they're going to start at 9 p.m they'll take it out at 5 p.m it's it's dry to the bone and they're going to carve it right away you know years ago the old fogies they used to cook a turkey till it was dry like wood this turkey's been cooking for 17 hours you had to put yeah. a, like like 12 tablespoons of gravy on it just to be able to swallow it so you yeah. didn't choke to death on this dry wood i think i took my my turkey breast for like an hour one sixty-five, uh, a little bit less because you know you're going to take it out. It's going to continue cooking. Uh-huh. Also, sometimes what I'll do is I'll I'll start it. I'll get the kit. I'll get the skin going. I'll I'll go to maybe a hundred. I'll pull it. I'll rest it. I'll go back in to my twenty minutes. Take it out. Rest it again, and then slice. Do you ever? I'm going to ask you a question now. Uh, do you ever violate a turkey and inject it with butter? No, because I, because I, because I, you don't it, need to, because you brine it. Yeah, so, so you're, you're doing a, a premium process where you don't need to do that. Yeah, you're and you can always it. ask your butcher. You can always ask us if you're in. You don't know, like we give tips on a lot of stuff. People come to ask us, oh, what's you know, how do I cook this? How do you recommend it? Ask us, and we do tons of brine turkeys every year. We offer that brining service. We'll brine it for you. Was I sleeping during this part of the interview, or did you talk about how long you're brining the turkey for? No, uh, we didn't get there. No, Good. We didn't oh. get there. It depends. It depends. Are you going to inject it? Are you going to backpack it? Is it strong? Is it not? So there's a lot of variables. Wow. Sometimes I'm in a pinch. I brine overnight. I'll make it strong and I'll vacuum seal it. So the liquid penetrates. That cell wall penetrates with the vacuum sealing. So it pushes it in farther quicker. Talk about the brining. Talk about it. So the brine is a solution of salt and sugar. Uh, you can have your herbs in there. You can have some 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 acid in there. And basically what happens is a process of osmosis happens. So you have this really flavorful liquid that displaces with the water in the protein. 
So it displaces, now you have this very flavorful liquid inside, seizing it from the inside out. You take it, if you're gonna go strong, you can go 12 hours, you can go light, you can go up to two, three days. You take it, you rinse it off, and you cook it. You can season the outside then with some seasoning, and then you cook it. They say that there's no such thing as a dumb question. Have you ever heard that saying? But uh, this could be a dumb question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, with brines, is there any time that alcohol is in the brine? You can. You, Wine you, you can, and you, you, you can garlic and onion and... Do whatever you want. Okay. Do do whatever you want. Yeah, and you're gonna learn. So if you if you did something, <laughs> you, you did might learn by the fire. And it's like, oh, if this didn't work. Well, then you learned. Okay. Sometimes I think I might put some wine in there, but you know what I do is I use like apple juice or fruit juices. Yes. So if I'm doing turkey, I'll usually throw like some lemons in there, maybe some apples or oranges, and that gets the the acid, gets you flavor. But yeah, you, you can use beer, you can use wine, you can use spirits, you can do whatever you want, yeah. whatever whatever works for you. If you're happy with it, if you're happy, I've never brined you know, anything ahead. in my life. I'm well aware of it's it. A game people changer. do it, but you know you don't need to brine like you don't brine beef. Like you can brine no. poultry. Yeah. Um, go ahead and, and you know you can brine. There's different brinings with pork, and that's a whole different kind of brining process with 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 curing salts for bacon and things like that. But there, there's a lot to know, and you have to educate yourself. You need trial and error. You have to do it ten times before you understand it. Minimum ten times. Yeah. So you're seasoning your 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 chicken. Your turkey is well seasoned. It's tender. It's delicious. Yeah. And you let it rest for an hour. That alone Minimum. is yeah. going to change the game yeah. entirely. But I mean, yeah. And we, we we do everything at the shop though. So not only do we turkey, we'll get. So a big thing with the shop is we also do 100% grass fed stuff. And we're the only ones. And there's that a do different that. taste. There's a different taste. There's a different grating. There's a different marbling. There's a different look. The fat's different. The color's different. The meat's different. It's a different animal. It really is. And some people may not like the taste initially when it hits their taste buds yeah. because it's different than what they're habituated to. So generally, your grass-fed stuff is going to be lean. And that's natural, right? They're on a grass-fed diet. Grass is lean. They're eating grass. It's going to be a lean piece of meat. Now, we try to get stuff that's a bit more marbled, and that's where we have a very special relationship with our beef producer is we get grass-fed weekly, whether it's going to be a side or maybe just a couple parts that week, but last week we've got a full cow, two sides of grass-fed. This week coming up, we got a, we got a side of grass-fed. So we generally try to get stuff that's a little bit more marbled for, for our customers, but generally it's, not going to be, it's going to be leaner, and that's what people are looking for. So some people are like, oh, they think grass-fed's better. They think it's going to be super beefy. They kind of don't know. And there should be a little bit of a chew to grass-fed. Not to say it's going to be tough, but there should be a bit of a chew because it's going to be a lot leaner steak. But it's still ribeye, still a strip. It should be tender when cooked properly. Right, right. But it's going to be leaner. But the color is deep. The color is, is dark because the grass-fed. The yellow, the yellow fat. See, the color is different too, right? The fat, the fat, is, fat yellow. is different. The fat is yellow. And if you're not it's used gold. to that and you're trying this for the first time, you yeah, can so, blow your mind a bit. So, first. I mean, it's, it's beefy, but it's not beefy like dry age. It's beefy like grassy and minerally, and it's a little bit different like that. Cleaner, like you said, better for you. Cleaner. We, we do a lot of gra ground, like grass-fed ground beef as well. But, okay. again, we'll bring in the full cow. We'll do roast. We'll do secondaries. We'll, we'll do primaries. We, do, we don't dry age the grass-fed. But so if, I, if I'm making burgers on yeah. my cast iron pan, which yeah. is my favorite way to make a nice burger, I'm sure you yeah. you like doing that as well. And I come in and I'm like, can I have some ground chuck? Yeah. Will they look at me like a deer in the headlights? No. So generally, and that maybe is a misconception with us too, is our big focus is not ground meat. People come to us. Like, yeah, we sell ground. We sell yeah. lots of burgers. But we don't sell a lot of ground beef. Because people come to us, they're coming to buy $30 pound steaks. They want the dry aged steaks. They want the grass fed yes. ribeyes. Yes, specialty. They, they want the venison tenderloin. 
right? They, oh, you know what I mean? God, I've got to get my ass in there and try a venison tenderloin. Oh, so we got venison coming next week. We got a full side of venison. How will I get alerts? Do I have to be on your email so, list? Yeah, so we, we're very active on social media, and people say they love it because we, we post, you know, I, sometimes we you know, might just post one a day, but generally we're posting 10 times a day. We're full. We're full. We're showing you everything we got. We're doing lamb burgers. We're, we're breaking down things daily. We got sandwiches. That was one thing we didn't talk about. We do we do cold sandwiches. We do sandwich features. But we do a big culinary side of items too. Our fridges and freezers are full of soups we make in house, of bone broths, of meals, of bolognese's, everything. I've seen it. Never tried them. Fantastic. We got, got the Aldo pizza sauce. Got the Aldos. He's a good guy. Um, Great, great stuff. It sells like crazy. And if then, anyone hasn't tried Aldo pizza sauce, get down to Norcini and Company Butchery and yeah. Deli in Niagara Falls and, and, and pick up some of the Aldo's pizza sauce. I've purchased it a couple of times, and uh, we've put it on, uh, uh, if we're doing quick pizza, like the flatbread pizza, we've put it on homemade pizza. It's great. I also purchased, my wife did, she went in and got some of your pizza crust. Yeah, so we sell dough. We sell we sell local, pizza dough. Yeah, yeah, we sell sorry. dough. We sell we sell brick cheese shredded and not shredded. We sell a cup and char. We have our own antipasto. We do our own pickled jalapenos and things like that. We can get it from the farm. So yes, we're a butcher shop, and that's our main focus. Is, is we do full animal butchery. We're a butcher shop. We're specialized. We do custom cutting. We do dry age. We do grass fed. But on the whole other side of the business, we're also a little bit of a culinary hub. Is a lot of our business is sandwiches. We do cold sandwiches. We got classic sandwiches. They're monsters. We slice to order. We got ingredients that you don't find on subs. Like we're not a $5 sub, but we're also putting fior de latte cheese. We're doing arugula. We're doing roasted red peppers. We're slicing Genoa and mortadella and prosciutto to order. Oh, yummy. Manja manj. And then our other side is our fridges are full. We're using our own meats. We're using our own bones. We're making stocks. We're making soups. We're doing everything from scratch. And we've hooked up with two outside uh, partners and we run their kitchens and everything coming from the shop using our meats incredible i've got to get in there and get a sandwich as well i have to improve my overall attendance just come here fo follow us on instagram you'll see a lot fuck i'm gonna follow you back yeah. to the shop after yeah. this <laughs> i'm starving <laughs> i really am uh so give your instagram handle and your social media stuff so everybody knows yeah so again three five six seven portage road that's a north side of portage road as it's a very long road um we're the old kfc building on portage road uh in between cibc bank and angle and volkers or right across the street from casimia uh instagram handle norcini co facebook norcini co uh website www.norchinico.ca um, We're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, you can give us a call. You can pre-order Sunday to Monday. We're open 9 to 6. Sorry, Sunday to Tuesday, 9 to 6. Wednesday to Saturday, 9 to 8. You can pre-order things. You can request things. You can ask for custom things. Um, we can accommodate you as much as we can. We're a couple of guys. We're, we're here for business. We're, we're here to make a name for ourselves. Um, you know, we're in there. We're happy. We're not miserable. We're happy to be there. We're happy to serve you. We're happy to cut meat for you. Um, and we're you've doing got our a, best. You've got great product. You've got great passion for what you're doing. And that's why you guys are so successful. We've, we've attracted a very certain clientele that comes to us because they appreciate us. They know the quality. They know who, who we are. They know what they're getting. They know the service they can get. And the freshness and the quality, it's a very big health and lifestyle choice too when you start eating this type of meat that is very clean, no antibiotics, no hormones. You feel different. It tastes different. 
Can we talk about lamb? Can you talk about yeah. lamb? Yeah, so we get lamb. Now in the summer, we're getting lamb, whole lamb, once a week. We'll break it down into chops, leg chops, shoulder chops, T-bones, rack. Of course, we can do roast for you right now if you want. We do all, if you pre-order, we'll do that for you first, and then we'll put cut the rest for the case. But again, the lamb's clean. It's Ontario lamb. It's antibiotic-free, hormone-free. It's pasture-raised. It's local out of Milgrove, Ontario from Beverly Creek. They're number one in the, in the lamb game. And we're getting it weekly, and we're getting cutting it fresh. We're gonna cut it every Friday for you, and we're filling up the case. And we're no wonder to see Frank you. Ungaro goes to you. Frank doesn't like lamb, but he comes and he gets the steaks every day. He's a, he's a steak man. Every day he comes. Every other day, every other day, he's a good guy. And again, a shout out to Frank Ungaro. Thanks for uh, recommending yeah. that Robbie join me on uh, we'll do Unleashed. Some, he, he loves the monster sandwiches too. So we do our own. We got we got braised beef sandwiches, making house. We got meatball sandwiches. We do chopped cheese. Chopped cheese is a big one. We're bringing it. We're starting it here in the falls. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be the new chopped cheese guys. But we we do all all different types of featured hot sandwiches. But we okay. do cold, cold ones too daily. I had a client from Buffalo, right? Kimberly. She calls me dog man, right? She comes to train her dog with me. Dog man. That's how she sounds in my head, right? Dog man, where do you go to get a good sandwich in Niagara yeah. Falls? Right? Because she's got that American accent. I really can't do it as good as she can, obviously. Dog man, where do you go to get a good sandwich? I want a sandwich, not a sub. I want a sandwich. And I told her, I said, you go to Norsini. And she said, you mean Norcini? <laughs> she says, I heard of that place over on Partage Road. Yeah. <laughs> so she went down there and bought something, but I'm not sure what she bought. But. Well, we'll, we'll take care of you. We're, we're trying, and, and we're here. We're, we're still young, and we're learning. And the one thing with us is we didn't touch on is, is we do a lot of neat things. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're a couple of, couple of entrepreneurs. We're, we're a couple of cooks. We're, we're a couple of enthusiasts that just kind of opened up shop. And we said, you know what? What do we like to eat? What do we want to buy? What do we want to see? And that's what we fill our shelves with. So we do things like black truffles from Italy, fresh white truffles. Um, we got wild boar coming in this week. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my good buddy Dave Kaufman. He's going you know to have a wild out. boar burger with me. It's coming in Thursday. We're going to process it into chops, into, into, into uh, copa chops, and uh, rack uh, the loin chops, and then we're gonna do some ground with it, some coarse ground boar for for you know ragus and whatever you're gonna do with it. Can you make a burger with this? Of course, right? You can, sure. Yeah. Nobody's so so this. a couple of guys that just kind of fell into their passion. Like, what do we what do we want to buy? And that was me. Is like, I've opened this shop to my liking. Everything you see on the shelf is something that I like. Is what I vouch for. And so I thought that would work. It would sell. That the people would like. And that was the whole concept of the shop is, you know, a couple of cooks, a couple of local cooks that are in industry that opened a retail shop. And we opened in the middle of COVID, which was, you know, in a sense better for us because we're a grocery store. And we were crazy busy off the bat. Our sandwiches went viral. And for, you know, for two months straight, we, we were, we was nonsense. It was absolutely crazy. And that was good because it got the attention. It helped us because, you know, we opened up with a very, very small budget and we opened up with very limited equipment. And... Within that two months, you know, everything we, we, we made and we just went back right to the business to accommodate what we were trying to do. And we've still just kept putting every single dollar back into the business. It's excellent. Never ends. But yeah, we, you know, it's, it's a passion. It's a drive. You have to love it. You have to love it. You have to have a passion for it. At the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build something bigger than me. I'm trying to build a store, a brand, a reputation, a home. 
And you're doing a phenomenal yeah. job. You really are. And your clients are going to spread the word, as you know, because word of mouth is so important. Yeah. Um, the lamb. Uh, I've had the lamb on the skewer. Yeah, the, so you said Spadini earlier. Spadini. You can say Spadini. You can say Spaducci. There's another term for it as well. Okay. Uh, I was wondering if I said it wrong. You know what? Whatever you want. Whatever works for you. But yeah, we do them. We do them in-house. Uh, we do lamb. We do veal. We've done some other ones in the past. We've done venison. We'll probably do some venison Spaducci's next week when we get the venison. Now, when I do these uh, Spaducci's, yeah. the venison or the lamb, right? Yeah. Hot, fast, right? Yes. Hot and fast, yes. right? Because you can still eat it rare. And and yeah. I, I would what I did when I had the lamb is I just squeezed a little bit of um, uh, lemon and a little Perfect. bit of salt on yeah. it. That's all I did. I didn't put any barbecue sauce. No. Some lemon and salt. That's what I was told to do by a buddy. I tried it. It was killer. That's all you need, man. Here's, here's the best way to season any kind of meat from us. Whether it's a combination of these things or just one or two of them. Good quality salt. You're going to start with sea salt or kosher salt, and you're also going to have Malden or Fleur de Sel, some sort of finishing salt. So that's post-cooking. Cracked black pepper fresh. Not already ground, not fine. Cracked fresh with a mill. Fresh herb if you want. Fresh rosemary. Fresh garlic if you want. Maybe a clove. And maybe some lemon if you're dealing with, um, with lamb. But that's it. You don't need much. Don't put any kind of barbecue sauce. Don't put sugar. Don't don't marinate it in beer or wine. Don't put Montreal steak spice. Don't put any type of rub on it. Salt. Maybe to pepper, do those things would it. be doing an injustice to your meat. Correct. Then then I'll say you know what if, if you're gonna go put barbecue sauce on this, I was you know what don't like don't don't even buy it from me like because you're not <laughs> you're not you're not even gonna taste it. You're not even gonna appreciate the quality. Like yeah. if you're just gonna mask it with barbecue sauce and cook it well done, then honestly. Go, go buy it for half the price at the grocery store. You're coming to me because you want the quality. You want the freshness. You want it because we butchered it from a whole pig the day before. And we cut it with our own hands. And now we're serving it to you with our own hands. And you have the quality of the pork, which is antibiotic-free, hormone-free. The quality is, the flavor is different. It's not porky. And we actually dry-aged pork now. And the flavor is beefy. It's super clean. It's not porky or it doesn't, it smells clean. When you eat it, you know it's clean. It's a, it's a good animal. It's a good, highly raised, clean, naturally raised animal. Beautiful. Thank you for educating us. Thank you for being here with me, Robbie. And uh, the best of luck to you in your endeavor. You are very successful at what you do. Norcini and Company Butchery and Deli. I've been uh, numerous times. Always had great product every time I uh, purchase from them. I've been satisfied 100%. I'm recommending you to everyone I know. And uh, we'll get this podcast out. People can share the podcast. Uh, so, uh, so thanks, Robbie. One more time, your website is? Norchiniko.ca. Instagram and Facebook handles are Norchiniko. Uh, phone number 905-356-0606. Super easy. You can Google us. You can message us. You can DM us. You can call us. You can come on in and have a chat with us. Uh, we're here to serve. We're here to please. We're here to educate. We're here to serve good quality product and change lifestyles right and the takeaway is don't fuck with your meat too much buy, buy good quality meat eat, eat eat good eat well um and come and have a chat with us a little salt and pepper don't fuck with the meat too much don't be slathering barbecue yeah. sauce all over it 
yeah. then you won't taste the true quality. Correct. Thanks, Robbie. I'm Dave McMahon. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Unleashed right here on 4680Q.ca and, of course, 4680Q.com. That works as well. Always a pleasure to be here with you. I'm going to go uh, walk my dog this afternoon. Thanks, Dave. Have yourself a doggone awesome day. See you later, bitches and bastards. Bye, people. See you later. Thanks, Robbie. Bye.